0: Welcome everybody to another Sessions with Flo, I am your host. Of course, today we have another topic that once again, I find very, very interesting. And this is regarding the Central American Union. Most of us probably have never heard of this, or you might even think, what the heck are you talking about? It's essentially Central America being its own country. So, for a good about 20 years, Central America was its own country. And we will get into the details of how this became, how it took place, and how it ended. Before we get into the history of the Federal Republic of Central America, we must understand the background of it and how it came to be. So, Central America was part of New Spain from 1524 to 1821. And Pedro de Alvarado was a conqueror along with his native allies. They made it happen. They allowed this to take place. Even though Columbus touched, or didn't touch, but he came in contact with natives in 1502, it wasn't until 1524 that Central America, specifically the Maya, would be conquered. Shortly after that, you had your first audiencia, and an audiencia is like a state. And this was established in 1533 in uh, in Panama City. <coughs> By 1543, the Audiencia of Guatemala surpassed it, and it would evolve into the Captaincy General of Guatemala, which included the following: the state of Chiapas, what is now Mexico, Guatemala, Honduras, Nicaragua, and Panama. However, Panama would let it be transferred to the Audiencia of Nueva Granada. And then, in the late 18th century, El Salvador, originally called San Salvador, would become a province of this area as well. The captaincy of Guatemala became the last Spanish mainland to declare independence on 15... Sorry, September 15, 1821. So, what happened after Independence. So the captaincy of Guatemala was split up politically between conservatives and liberals. Conservatives live mainly in present-day Guatemala and were further split into serviles, and those individuals favored a government based on traditional values centered in Guatemala. The others were the provincianos, and they favored a government based on traditional values, but were scattered all over the provinces of Central America, and of course, you got the liberals, also called the radicals, and they favored a they favored significant institution, institutional changes, specifically within the church, and they were ma- mainly uh, centered in El Salvador and Honduras, but of course, they were really all over the provinces, right? So by f- uh, eight, the eighteen twenty three, if I'm correct. The captaincy of Guatemala decided to join the Mexican Empire when Agustina Torvide sent out the invitation. However, the province of El Salvador immediately revolted. They did not want to be part of this, mainly because, again, Agustina Torvide and the Mexican Empire was mainly uh, conservative, right? And... As a way to stop this, Mexico sent 2,000 troops to El Salvador to crush the revolt. El Salvador responded by declaring annexation with the U.S., but it does not go recognized. And finally, on February 1823, El Salvador is crushed. However, on July 1823, the captaincy of Guatemala declares its independence from Mexico after Iturbide is overthrown. So here we have the very beginning of the Central American Union, with the only exception, uh, Chapa's remaining in Mexico. So off the bat, the Central American Union was not really unified, right? It was just, I guess, on paper. And you had internal conflict as soon as the country was founded. Capitan Rafael Arisa... T- Y Torres attempted to extract a promotion and payment for his troops. And this was, res- the individuals responded by sending 750 Salvadoran troops who were commanded by Jose Rivas, and they marched into Guatemala City. Then they, the, the conservatives responded with 250 Guatemalan soldiers and 50 Mexican troops who were already there who supported the conservatives, right? However, the conflict would end in a truce, but it still fueled animosity between the conservatives and liberals, so they would be at each other's throats for years to come, and they would not stop. And then on April 14, 1825, Manuel José Arce, who was a liberal, at least on paper, became the president through the aid of conservatives. Now, you might be asking, why would they help him out, right? And that's because he compromised his liberal values, right? So this obviously allowed him to go in, but he went in as a liberal, I guess kind of like Democrats do today, right? Or other individuals in government in the United States. And then something dramatic happened and that would change things. that would, would make things even more difficult or just make the rivalry, the hatred towards each other intensify. On October 13, Cirilo Flores, he was the chief of state of Guatemala, was killed by an indigenous mob for his anti-clerical views. Now, you might be thinking, well, why would they do that, right? Native peoples were oppressed by the church. In Guatemala, the native population was very, very conservative or had very conservative values. So they were actually very allied to the church and these conservative values. Today, you might be thinking, why would they do that? We'll get to that in a second. Okay, And even though, again, the Central American Union was a union on paper, it was only kept as a union through declaration, but never really. uh, It was it was just fragmented. Right. El Salvador constantly warred with Guatemala and Guatemala made up about 40 to 45 percent of the population. And again, they were mainly conservative. Nicaragua and El Salvador were evenly split between conservatives and liberals. Costa Rica chose to remain isolated for the most part, so they never really got involved with the fighting. They were just kind of like, yeah, we're here, you know? And this is really important to know this right here. The majority of the Central American Union was from Las Castas, and an even bigger bigger part of that was the native population. They made up about two-thirds of it. And only 100,000 whites were in the actual whole union, right? However, when it came to the military, the way it was composed, officers were mainly criollos, who okay, can white. And the troops were mainly from the present class, oftentimes underpaid, untrained, and ill-equipped. Yet, they still followed their officers, right, who were mainly white, white uh, criollos because they felt some kind of loyalty, right, to them. So the civil war, the inner conflict continued. And in 1826, liberals from El Salvador and Honduras invaded Guatemala, but were defeated by former liberal president Arce. He attempted to invade El Salvador, but was driven back. Then Francisco Morazán defeated the conservatives in multiple provinces. So the result was a liberal regime in Central America starting in 1829. So the liberals did have an upper hand. Okay, And during the liberal period, this is what took place. Many conservatives were exiled. Their property was obviously confiscated. And other religions, other than Catholicism, were tolerated. And this was huge because... Many Latin American countries did not do this during this time. But in Central America, the Central American Union, this took place when liberals took power. And then the Spanish invasion of Mexico in 1829 uh, alerted the liberals of a possible reconquest while it allowed the conservatives to replan a conquest of their own. So they saw this as an opportunity to, to go back and regain power. But the plan failed, and in 1834, Morazan moved the federal capital to San Salvador. However, his government was plagued with economic problems. And in 1836, the problems between liberals arose when liberals' uh, codes were suspended by Mariano Galvez, a liberal governor of Guatemala, due to a cholera quarantine which prevented Natives from migrating, right? And the Roman Catholic priest who supported the conservative cause exploited the quarantine by telling Natives that liberals had poisoned the water. As you can tell, this is not going to be good, right? This sparked a Native uprising and Galvez assumed the dictatorial powers in response. Rafael Carrera was sent to enforce the quarantine, but soon found himself supporting the Native cause. It will later be called the king of the Indians. So with all this happening, it was almost uh, inevitable, and of course, disbandment would have to take place. The Native Revolt resulted in a brief period of peace between the conservatives and liberals, but it was soon reignited when Los Altos declared its independence from Guatemala, and this was a city that wanted to become its own state within Guatemala, right? The constant fighting between liberals and conservatives convinced the provinces to go their separate ways, and Nicaragua was the first one to do so on April 30, 1838. Then Costa Rica and Honduras left the Union at the end of 1838. Morazan attempted to invade Guatemala, but Rafael Carrera and his native horde pushed back from forcing Morazan to be exiled and ultimately ending in the Union in 1840. So, by 1840, the Union was no more. However, Morazan attempted to reunify the seceding provinces, but he was captured and executed on September 11, 1842. The racial mixtures in the provinces differed greatly. So, Criollos and Mestizos were mainly liberal, and surprisingly, the natives were mainly conservative. And conservatives won because they were backed by the church and native population. Again, the native population made up 66% of the population in all of Central America, mainly in Guatemala. So this concludes the video. I hope you enjoyed this session with Flo and now have a better understanding of the Central American Union, what it stood for, how it came to be, and how it also... Fell apart Once again this is very important for me To talk about because These things are not really spoken about And this specific situation This specific history of Central America Especially being a Mexican and being Dominated by Mexicans I think it's important To also acknowledge other Latin American countries Latin American struggles So on that note This has been another session with Flo On to the next one Peace out